0: This is a free podcast on the subject of non-duality.
1: We're just trying to get to the truth. The complete understanding is not likely to happen while sitting on your butt. the entire world perceived by Splitmind, including the perceiver, is an elaborate illusion.
0: Do you like it strong?
1: Uh, Yeah, strong is good. in the world of concepts and duality, the mind loses traction, slips, spins out. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. Self-improvement. Spiritual practice, seeking, attempts to walk the path to follow the way, all attempts to dig ourselves out of a hole we create by the trying. It's like quicksand. The struggling is instinctive and we think it helps, but actually it is itself the problem. The struggling, the seeking, is the sense of individual self trying to keep telling its story. There is nothing to seek. Separation is the illusion. There is nothing to be separate. No thing. There is only one, not two, and that is. All else is not. And that... Not to that is, is what is I, here. All there is, is no thing, this, thisness, this I-ness, which I is, which is all that is.
0: This week, we feature selections from an audiobook by David Cass, read by Terence Stamp. The book is called Perfect Brilliant Stillness.
1: There is no there. There is only here. Wei Wu Wei writes that there is no path to follow because all paths lead from here to there and thus lead away from all that is, from the only place there is to be, from home. There is no path that leads from here to here, which is why no practice or study or devotion or learning or work or anything you can do on a path will ever get you there. You are already here. The idea that there are separate, individual selves is only possible because in each apparent self there is an experience of self. This experience has been misconstrued to be a personal experience that belongs to a personal body-mind. The life force, the self animating one body and mind, is deemed different from that animating another because the expression of that self is different in each. We concentrate on the inconsistent, variable expression and miss the constant that lies beneath. The constant. There is only one. There is only one self, one awareness. Consciousness finding expression in the many apparent bodies and minds. My knowing I am is the same self knowing as you knowing I am. Reality is that which underlies appearances. The self, the I am, awareness, absolute. What we call individuals are only apparent relative constructs. In fact, all of what is called physical and mental reality is only appearance, relativity. Which is why truly there is nothing happening here, despite what it seems. Despite appearances, nothing in manifest physical reality is real, nothing is happening and David, along with everything else, is a concept, an idea, a thought bubble, which ultimately does not exist. Nisargadatta Maharaj used to tell his listeners repeatedly, back up, go back. Whatever level you are at, whatever place you are thinking or experiencing from, go back from there. Find the place or the level which is before that, prior to that. A similar direction is contained in Jed McKenna's injunction, further. No matter where you are, or where you are coming from, as long as you exist, there is a level beneath, prior to that, beyond that, which is where you want to be. Everything else is just dream stuff, layers of mask. (laughs) Why questions are fundamentally unanswerable. Most go through life constantly asking why, and without realising it, accepting responses which are not answers to the question. If we ask why the sky is blue, the answer, whether it is scientific or mythic or poetic, does not tell why the sky is blue, but rather how it is that the sky is blue. If we ask why we feel depressed or happy, the answer can be an explanation as to how it is that we feel these ways, but which still begs the question. We talk around the why, giving reasons how it is that something is so, not realizing that the why goes unanswered. There is no answer. There is no why. Everything arises spontaneously in awareness, The constant asking of why is simply the mind's attempt to grasp for control. It is interesting that in a young child, the incessant asking of why arises at about the same time, the same age, as the emerging sense of separation as an individual self. The mind thinks, if only I could latch on to a reason why all this is happening. I would be in control and be able to sort this all out. So the mind settles for non-answers and maintains its illusion of control rather than recognise that there is no answer and admit it has no control. The tendency, without being aware of it, when one hears about this on an intellectual level, is to make presence or consciousness that other, that spirit, just change the name. You can hear a lot of people talking about consciousness exactly the way they used to talk about God or spirit. Ultimately, there is no other because there is no individual. There is no thou because there is no I. There is no spirit, because there is nothing which is not spirit. The split of dualism is not. There is only one. I am not other than this one. Trapped in the world of concepts and duality, the mind loses traction, slips, spins out. The thought comes, there is nothing to think about then there is stillness. There is awareness. Humans seem possessed of the idea that there is something we can do to get what we want, and we have been convinced that there is something we have to do, or that we should be doing. Listen, there is nothing you need to do. Nothing you need to make things better or improve nothing to purify or sanctify or consecrate, nothing to accomplish, nothing to prove, nothing to construct, nothing to deconstruct, nothing to work at or to learn, nothing and no one to teach, not even anything to understand or to get, nothing to balance or adjust or heal, nothing to become. Of course, if it is in the dream of all that is for a mind-body object to appear to do any of these things, then it will happen. Something for the dream characters to do while the dream lasts. Students of the teaching often struggle to reconcile the idea of free will with that of determination. The idea that you are already all that is and there is nothing you can do to attain it with admonitions to earnestness in self inquiry questioning and investigation. But there is no conflict. The teaching of always-already does not mean you must stop all efforts. That stopping itself would be an effort. If you are to understand the teaching, then you, as an ego, as an identified self, will be motivated to perform what is necessary for that understanding to occur. If studying or meditating or working are to happen, they will happen. That itself is part of always already. They are not important in themselves, but they will happen if they are to happen. The complete understanding is not likely to happen while sitting on your butt, avoiding the elements of the teaching, refusing to face your misconceptions and thinking only of everything else, But what appears as motivation and deliberation, earnestness and determination, choice and action, is simply the operating of the mechanism by which the whole manifestation unfolds. The misperception is to take it personally, as your motivation, your deliberation, your choice and action. It is completely impersonal, simply the totality unfolding as it is. It is what you always already are. It is a matter of the underlying understanding. Practices and tasks on all of living are not undertaken with a personal intent or for the attainment of a goal or to become a better person or save the world or because I should. There is only watching the body-mind, which you are not, have thoughts occur to it, be motivated, perform actions or not. There is only complete simplicity, an openness, a consent to letting happen what will happen and to letting the misconceptions fall away. There is no such thing as an entity. Now you know you are awake because you are here and you have that knowledge. There is nothing else than this knowledge, no entity. Nisargadatta Maharaj Any question which may arise here is answered immediately, and they all have the same answer. And that is that that question, that thought, like all thoughts, is empty. When there is the misconception, the idea that there is a separate entity here out of whose individual mind the thought or question arises, then questions are taken as important. When all is seen as it is, all thoughts, feelings, and actions are seen to arise as the infinite expression of consciousness. Whatever arises can only be the perfect unfolding in consciousness, however it appears to the apparent individual. These body-mind things are only instruments, objects in consciousness, and therefore cannot possibly know the basis, the purpose, the reason by which consciousness works. When any question is asked in this context, the question dissolves. All simply is as it is. Well, there you are. So, that's good. Uh, how long has it been since you awakened to this? Here we go again. You should know better. Since who awakened? What do you call this body mind thing, the apparent individual? You miss my point. There is no one here. The body mind is an object only. The individual is only apparent, a character in the dream. It cannot be the character in a dream who awakens. So, uh, is it the dreamer who awakens? The idea of awakening is only an analogy. Be careful not to begin taking it literally. Any analogy breaks down eventually, and this one does here. The dreamer is consciousness, which is all that is. It has never been asleep, has no need to awaken. So who awakens? The analogy of awakening like any analogy, can have a certain limited usefulness. It is one of the straws grasped at in an attempt to describe the indescribable, to communicate what cannot be communicated. It also has its drawbacks. In particular, it can be used to make a demarcation, a distinction. A false separation between those perceived individuals who have awakened and those perceived individuals who have not. This is artificial, a construct of the mind. There is only consciousness streaming through and expressing as all these body mind things. What happens in one body mind thing as distinct from another is insignificant unless you believe they exist as individual persons, and you identify as one of them. As the third Zen patriarch wrote, distinctions arise from the clinging need of the ignorant. What benefit can be derived from attachment to distinctions and separations? Surely there is a difference between one who has awakened and one who is not. Not at all. As Huang Po said, there is just a mysterious, tacit understanding, and no more. The difference, then, is that some of us have this understanding, while most do not. You are taking it personally, setting up us and them, which makes nonsense of it. These are the distinctions that the Zen patriarch was talking about. Please understand, what you are referring to as us or as them are personal reference points which are seen here to be illusory, purely mythical in spite of being taken quite seriously by you and just about everyone else. There is understanding. There is no one here to have understanding, or to have anything for that matter. How does one go from perceiving with split mind to the understanding of whole mind? Well, the point is that one doesn't. No one ever understands in this sense. There is only understanding and the understanding is that there is no one to understand and no thing to be understood. The very essence of the understanding is that while events seem to be happening and deeds appear to be done, no one does it, nor is anything done. It is pure doing. Wei woo way. is no individual to do or understand anything. There is no thing to be done or understood. Appearances notwithstanding, there are no discrete individuals or entities of any kind anywhere. This seeking, this quest for understanding, ultimately leads to the annihilation of the seeker, to the realization that there never was a seeker to begin with, that the entire world perceived by split mind, including the perceiver, is an elaborate illusion. Wei Wu Wei, it is important to understand that there is nothing to acquire, but only an error to be exposed, because acquiring necessarily involves using and so strengthening that spurious I whose dissolution we require. For this, merely a readjustment is needed, such readjustment being the abandonment of identification with an inexistent individual self an abandonment which leaves us unblindfolded and awake to our eternal nature. To seek to persuade ourselves that we do not exist as individual entities is, however, to ask the eye to believe that what it is looking at is not there. But it is not we alone who have no existence as entities. There are not any anywhere in the reality of the cosmos, never have been and never could be, Only the whole mind can reveal this knowledge as direct cognition which, once realized, is obvious. This is the total readjustment, and only I remains. It's not new or even unusual to think of all this world and life as an illusion or a dream. The analogy is all around us from Shakespeare. We are such stuff as dreams are made on. To nursery rhymes, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. What hardly anyone realizes is that the one who might think he understands this is himself a dream character, part of the illusion. That the mind which thinks life is but a dream does not itself have an existence apart from the dream. That this thought arises only within and as part of the dream. Naturally, this is enough to put off most of the human race. Does exist, cannot be expressed. Your problem is that you're taking the dream that you are projecting as real, as something outside. Stop. Go back. Don't waste your time doing anything other than being silent, being still within. Anything which is your self is illusion, not true, does not matter. And it is this that you project outward, onto the blank screen without. Anything which is out there is illusion, not true, does not matter. Let yourself be emptied of these. Let they be emptiness. Let yourself be ripped open, hollowed out, gutted. Be aware that what form this will take is not up to you and that it may take time. Let yourself be brought to a place where it doesn't matter. In stillness, find yourself asking the dangerous question, the question that the ego does not want you to think about, the question that will end your life. Let yourself be brought to a place where it is no longer necessary to find some one to blame, either yourself or another, where that need for specialness no longer destroys you, where it is no longer necessary or possible to turn away from yourself and look outside yourself to label what is wrong or right, where it is not possible to look outside yourself. To see what is. Looking outside continues the dream. Only looking within, relentlessly deep within, past and prior to the superfluous levels, intellect and reason and emotion and feeling and psyche and subconscious to what you are. Only this can lead to the awakening which itself has nothing to do with either without or within. Wake up.
0: You have been listening to an audio book by David Cass, read by Terence Stamp. The book is called Perfect Brilliant Stillness. The audiobook is available from Silk Sound Books. Check our website for the link. The Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia.